coming to you from the lab, where we talk about guns, gear, training, and everything in between. Riding Shotgun is my co-host, Big Keith. I'm your host, Mike, and this is The Gun Experiment. How's everybody doing? Welcome to The Gun Experiment. This week, Keith and I speak to Kerry Davis from Dark Angel Medical, learn how to build the perfect trauma kit for every situation, and discuss brand loyalty. I just want to remind everyone that we drop new episodes on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month, so be sure to subscribe and share the show with friends. And as always, by my side, the supercharger in the podcast engine, Big <laughs> Keith. What's going on, Keith? Uh, everything's good, man. It's funny you mentioned supercharger. I still haven't gotten I, that supercharger I did it yet. for you. I did get some parts in the mail today for the Mustang, but it was not, sadly, the supercharger. Um, I am... Uh, deflated i was hoping to have that car done by now but uh, well i'm sorry i didn't mean to i didn't mean to hit a sore spot with you but no, you are the supercharger okay. of this show so so thank you very much for thank being you i'm here halfway there i'm halfway there yeah no rebecca is uh is is definitely ready for me to start moving these car parts out of the house and into the car i'm sure <laughs> so listen we've been uh beating on our drum saying that we want people to send us um itunes reviews and uh we have a review from Oros of Arabia. I don't know they're actually from Arabia. I think it's just the name, but uh, it the review says masterful infotainment. I highly recommend the gun experiment to all listeners from the first time gun owners to experts. Mike and Keith deliver a well-rounded presentation of topics related to both firearms and the basic fundamentals of self-defense and survival. They expertly blend serious and technical information with lighthearted and witty banter while interviewing experienced and relevant guests who bring a wealth of information, including pearls of wisdom. They challenge listeners to learn something new in the podcast, and I assure you that there is knowledge to be gained here. So I just want to say thank you to Oros. Uh, we appreciate it. I know Keith said he wanted I'm a little bl- pat on the back once in a while. Yeah, I'm blushing. Yeah, I know. It makes me feel good, right? Yeah. Uh, and if you're out there uh, and you like the content we're creating, we do appreciate it if you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review, as well as those comments, and we will read yours online uh, in the future episodes as well. So thank you again, Oros, and we do appreciate it. So our guest tonight is the founder of a veteran-owned and operated company with a passion for informing, educating, and equipping everyone in all aspects of everyday trauma care. Please welcome Kerry Pocket Doc Davis from Dark Angel Medical. Kerry, how are you doing tonight? Mike, I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? Doing awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you, man. Another day above ground and in front of the bars, so it's a, it's a good start. I like it. So, so before we go any further, I, I, I love, we've had a few classic names on this show. Uh, we had, who do, who do we have? We had Eduardo Eduardo Blanco was one. We had Ed White, Gunshot (laughs) Geisler, but where did Pocket Doc come from? Is that from the business or what's, where did that name come from? No, I actually came from a Marine Corps buddy of mine. We were out doing some medical support for some Marines one day and, you know, the Marines call their, their Navy corpsmen attached to them. They call them docs. And, uh, and this one Marine was rather large and he's like, uh, he said, Hey, pocket doc, pocket doc. <laughs> and, and one of the other guys is like, why are you calling keep calling him pocket doc? You know, he's the, the, who's the zoomy guy. He said, oh, it's, you know, it's pocket doc. He said, why are you calling that? And he said, cause look how little he is, man. I can stick it in my pocket. And so, yeah, they called this one particular Marine predator cause he was like super huge and he just looked like that predator uh, off the off the movie. So, uh, yeah, at least I didn't get for doing something stupid, you know, like uh, 
you know, had guys in my unit named Sparky and cause he got electrocuted <laughs> on a C-141, <laughs> you know, crash obvious reasons, but yeah, <laughs> at least it wasn't for anything stupid. So no, nah, no, nah, that's, that's all good. Yeah. So, you, you, well, were we're develop, gonna... you were able to develop a, a nickname before something like that happened. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, well, we're going to add you to the, uh, to the list of uh, classic nicknames. It's a good one. So I like Thanks, it. Man. So anyway, speaking of your medical training, can you give us a little bit of your background and where you got your experience in medical training? Sure, man. Yeah, I started out, uh, I joined in the Air Force in 1991 as a, uh, as a medic. Uh, and then I, I worked in the ER for a while and took and was able to get a special duty assignment up to Pope, uh, Air Force Base, Pope Field now, Fort Bragg, and worked as a uh, air medical evacuation technician, just a fancy word for flight medic, and worked up there for a while. Uh, got a lot of good experience with uh, with some of the guys up there at Bragg. We supported the 82nd Airborne and numerous other units up there. Um, got an opportunity to be on an airborne liaison team, and so we would do airfield seizures with the 82nd and uh, other other units up there. And it was it was a good good time. Got a lot of good training. And it really started me down the trauma pathway. Uh, and then I, I worked as a civilian paramedic after I PCS or moved to Maxwell Air Force Base where I was uh, teaching a medical readiness course there at officer training school. Uh, I was a non-commissioned, I was the NCOIC or non-commissioned officer in charge of the medical readiness program there. And then I, worked, I was working as a paramedic and I said, you know what, I think I want to take this a little bit further. And I separated from active duty, went in the reserves and, and went to nursing school. And I have grad, I graduated nursing school in 2003 and had I started doing uh, critical care and emergency medicine after that. And up until just a few years ago, I was doing it full time until this took off and I left the bedside. So that's been my, my medical, my medical background and what I've done and was able to just get a lot of good training, a lot of good classes and work with people who are passionate about it. And as I am, and, and also people who were interested in passing on that knowledge uh, to me and making me a better medic, which will ultimately turn me into a, a better nurse at the bedside. And also I think gives me a, gives me a good chance of being a, a better educator for my students. Excellent. Well, <clears throat> let me start by saying thank you very much for your service. We do appreciate it. Oh man, thank you. Thank you. So, yes, Carrie. When you, when when you were a flight medic, what uh, what type of aircraft did you work with? Was it fixed wings or those gypsy powered <laughs> rotorcraft? <crazy? laughs> no, our our main our main airframe was a C one thirty Hercules, uh, cool Herky bird, uh, near and dear to my heart. I flew in it, jumped out of it. Um, so that was well, our I'd main be much, I, I, I'm much, I'm much more comfortable in fixed wing <laughs> than helicopter. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I mean helicopters, dude, helicopters are, are trying to beat physics from the very moment they take off. Exactly. You know, they're they're just, literally they're trying not, to kill you from the moment they take off. That's supposed to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, Keith, has a little, Keith has a little bit of uh, experience <laughs> um, flying. Yeah, they're, 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 they're terrifying. Uh, we did, we did some, we obviously we did opportune aircraft, but our main airframe was one thirties and then one forty ones back in the day before we switched over to C-17s. Uh, oh, and cool. then we did opportune aircraft. I've, I've evacuated patients on, uh, the C-41 little Learjet. I've evacuated patients on KC-135 tankers, um, you know, uh, helicopters, you know, Blackhawks, what, uh, and so that's been, uh, that was kind of our, our thing, our claim to fame is like, we were, we were pretty much able, you give us aircraft and a patient and we'll take care of them in route. So well, that, that was, uh, that's, that's your job, man. That's what you got to yeah. do, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, 
what do you, Mike, what were you, uh, we were talking about, uh, getting some, you know, proper medical training and, and, uh, with, with firearms enthusiasts, what, what were you? Yeah. So, so Carrie, I mean, I've said this on the show before and I certainly didn't make it up, but I say, I use it all the time and that's, you know, we, we shoot firearms and we deal in making holes, but you show, you show us how to plug holes, you know, and, Correct. uh, I feel like most firearms enthusiasts, they sort of neglect proper medical training. And when I say that, um, I don't even mean like, like for me, I know that I should have more, but I just don't for various reasons, time, money. It's not because of a lack of interest, right. but I know people who like, it's not even on their radar. They don't even, they, it, even if you told them they should get it. Wasn't on mine like, until we started talking about it. Yeah. So why do you think that is? Why is it so neglected in the industry and in, in, in firearms world? <laughs> Man, that's that's a loaded question, brother. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Well, opinion, your opinion, you know, you're just, just yeah. your opinion. That... Yeah. Let me get up on my soapbox. Uh, <laughs> please, please. I yeah. like it. No, it's, it's, I'm passionate about this, man, because I even wrote an article. Uh, you know, I've, I've worked for Magpul for a couple of years as an instructor there uh, and then left from there, started my company and then. Uh, in the meantime, I've, I've been an adjunct instructor up at Sig Sauer uh, Academy up in New Hampshire. So I still work there as a part-time employee. Uh, and so I even wrote an article back in 2011, and I called it The Missing Link. And it's this this disconnect that we have in the shooting community. It's, more pre- it's, it's better now, but back then it was more prevalent, I believe. Uh, and people just weren't seeking out the medical training. And I think a lot of it is it's, it's not cool. You know I mean? I, and I, and it's not sexy. It's not, sexy. It's not, it's not sexy. It's not flashy, man. And that's, and that's, that's honestly, I think one of the biggest reasons. And like you said, it's usually an afterthought, you know, most yeah, of us don't want to think about it. They don't want to think about it. And we're, and most people are reactive rather than proactive. And a lot of things in medical is one of those things that, that I believe people are reactive about. It's like, Oh crap, who's got a med kit? You know, oh crap! Who knows how to use this? What happened? You know, who's who's had a medical class? You know, and to which I answer: Everybody should have a med kit. If you're on a if you're on a firing line with a you know firearm that could you know puncture your flesh pretty easily, uh, you need to have a med kit. Know how to use it. You know, and I mean, truthfully, if I'm being honest, <clears throat> when I you know I've I've owned guns for a long time, um, learned from my dad, like I think most uh, many mm-hmm. of us did, and. Uh, it's Maybe trauma care, trauma care was never something that really came up right but it wasn't until and i'm saying very recently that podcast that i listened to cuz I, I produce one but i also i love to listen to stuff and those podcasts were talking about it, and that got my mind thinking and you know i i did get a little bit of minimal training but a little bit of training and you know said man like i, I have this theory we talked about in our last episode with jeff kirkham i don't know if you know jeff but um He's Green Beret. And I said, like, you know, I'm I'm always talking about like building the better human weapon, like knowing all these skills and being able to handle lots of situations. So for me, it's kind of it's just I geek out on it. And it's like I want to know the medical skill because it's one more tool in my toolbox that makes me a well-rounded person. Yeah, 100 percent, man. I, I totally agree with that, it, it, because if you understand anatomy uh, I call it combat anatomy. You know, if you if you understand anatomy uh, and you're a student of the gun, uh, then that's going to make you a more effective uh, marksman. You know, yeah. uh, if if you and con- and conversely, if you have a med kit, then you know exactly what structures. If somebody does get injured with a gun or in a car wreck, which is far more likely, then sure. you're able to render aid more effectively rather than sitting there going. 
what the heck's going on? You know, you can identify the problem and react to it much faster. Carrie, I've, I've heard, you know, a couple of your interviews in the past, and I've heard you talk about high schools offering like stop the bleed stuff or, or similar things like that. Is that growing? Is that, are you getting more and more requests for things like that? Yes and no. Um, there's still the whole institutional inertia. Uh, you know, there people are scared of it. I have, I have in the past offered free training, like when my daughters were going to the Boulder uh, school system up in Boulder, Colorado. I offered free training for the staff and things like that. And they're like, oh no, well, you're, you know, your company's kind of militaristic and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, basically giving an excuse. Really? But, really? That's, oh, the, dude, that's the first dude. thing they said? That was the first thing they said, man. After oh my goodness, Mike, can you believe that? Everything. That's crazy. Yeah. And then I came down, we moved down to El Paso County. And, it's like they have blinders on or something. Oh, totally. Totally. It's head, head in the sand, man. And then I came down to El Paso County and approached my daughter's uh, middle school principal. And he was like, absolutely. Love to have you come out here and train. So we at least got, we couldn't do the whole staff, but we at least got the uh, the security, the school resource officers. All of them are, they're armed. They're all ex-law enforcement uh, or part-time law enforcement and uh, now and we equipped them with ankle kits so they all have kits they have mass casualty bag they have the training uh, and I have gone to a couple other schools uh, most of them have been private schools uh, parochial school in Georgia uh, private school out in Los Angeles and and done classes for them but it's still budget too budgetary constraints and they want they want like they're like how much can you do in two hours Wow. So I could do some, I could do some stuff in two hours, but you know, you're not, how long get, do you really need about four hours? Okay. So double yeah, for, for, for a basic stop the bleed about four hours. Uh, okay. but I I'm big on understanding the rationale, understanding the why you're doing something versus just do this, you know, because I feel as an adult learner, we want to know why we're doing what's the rationale behind it. That gives me a better understanding of that machine. And when that machine's broken, I can fix it better. So have, have you seen an increase in, in demand for any of your products with the current state of the and division of our country? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. What, um, what, 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 like what's talk to me a little bit about the increase. Like what have you seen? What, what's selling? Um, everything, uh, to be really? honest, thank, thank, thankfully, thank God, you know, yeah, no, I mean, of course. Absolutely. That, I, mean, I, I, hate, I, I hate the situation, you know, but I'm, I'm glad that people are being somewhat proactive. It, it must make uh, you feel like doing, you kind of like saw, saw something ahead of people. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's just it, you know, and I've been doing these articles and these blogs and, and things like that, the podcast interviews. And my big thing is preparedness is preparation because after it happens, it's too late. It's too late to get that training. You know, I had a guy who, who wrote um, a letter to me, um, sent it to me in the email last uh, two weeks ago. And he said, I, I just wanted to say thank you because your kit saved my best friend's life yesterday. Wow. Um, you know, they were, they were in a rollover. They were off-roading, had a rollover. He had a compound fracture. It, the bone uh, pierced his uh, radial and ulnar arteries on his forearm. Um, he would have got, he got the tourniquet on out of one of our kits. And the paramedics were like, dude, if you hadn't had this, we're so far remote that he would have bled to death. And he's like, he's like using your kit and watching your videos and the education that <laughs> I got from that made literally all the difference. And I was like, and I'm, I'm not paraphrasing, I'm using his words. And I was like, wow, that's pretty freaking cool. That the, the power of visual learning, right? Like the power man. of somebody to be able to watch a video and be able to do that. Knowledge, knowledge really Crazy. is power, man. And that's what I tell people, you know, knowledge is power. And in these, these days and times, you know, not only can you get the kit, but if you can't come to class, at least 
at least go do some online training. We offer it. Other companies offer it. My buddy Caleb Causey at Lone Star Medics offer it. Uh, you know, uh, and it's he does. He works with TatMed Solutions for their TatMed University, which is a fantastic resource. And Caleb's a wealth of knowledge as well. And it's one of those things where, yeah, everything is selling. But my what I what I find amazing, Carrie, is that uh, Keith kind of like you know hit it on the nail on the head. But with everything that's going on right now. And we see the crazy ammunition shortage and the crazy mm-hmm. amount of guns Gun that are sales. going off the shelves, right? Yeah. And 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 now we're talking to you and we're talking about medical gear. And I've heard of um, uh, plate carriers and and plates being sold. And it's like it's like there's an awakening in this country that yeah, you're on your not, not on your own, but you're kind of on your own. Like well, you're, you're responsible, responsible for yourself. You're responsible, exactly. you know. Like, and that's what's that's great exactly. about this country. Exactly. And it's, it's that self-reliance that we, we need to have instead of being reliant yeah. on someone else to come pull our fat out of the fire. But we've lost happens. that. We've, oh, thank you, Mike. Thank you. That's I, the I agree. I agree. Cause we're used to someone else taking care of the problems for us. And correct. And when someone's not there, who's going to take care of that problem? You can't just, you can't just, you can't just sit there and wait for somebody to take care of it while somebody's bleeding to death. And that's what I tell people. You're, you're your own 911. Nobody yep. is coming to save you. You're responsible for your well-being, the well-being of your loved ones and your friends, family, whoever it may be. And my big thing, too, is on top of that, to go along with that, if you're getting the equipment, whether it be guns, whether it be plate carriers, whether it be night vision, whether it be med kits, learn how to use it. Because otherwise, you're as useless as saddlebags on a pig. Yeah, I I. I agree. And, you know, speaking of equipment, I, I came across something on your website that I think is a pretty cool commitment that you make. And I wanted you to talk to the listeners a little bit about it and talk about your kit for life guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very proud of that, man. Kit for life you is essentially, uh, you get your, you get a kit from us. It's a buy once, cry once situation. You know, I mean, our kits certainly aren't the cheapest out there, but they're also certainly not the most expensive. Uh, however, we stand behind everything we sell. And if you use one of our kits to save someone's life, you let us know. Send us some documentation. Let us know what happened. All this kind of stuff. The backstory. Let us know what you used. Uh, you send the unused components, obviously, <laughs> back to us and we will replace them. Uh, we'll replace anything you used. We'll inspect the other components, make sure they're still serviceable. We'll repack everything, reseal it, and ship it out to you free of charge. I know you already did that with that guy with that rollover. Hundred percent, yeah. And and not only that, he realized some shortcomings in his in where he had his kit. And in addition to that, he bought uh, one of our visor mounted kits, one of our headrest mounted kits, because he's like, I want to have a kit within arm's reach at all, all times. And that's what I try to emphasize to people is there's no excuse and there's no reason. There's no reason you shouldn't have a kit within his arm's reach because otherwise it's just an excuse. I love companies that put their money where their mouth is. And I mean like that guarantee and I got, we've, we've talked to other people that have lifetime guarantees in their products and we've talked about them and said, I think most people, when you put that kind of guarantee, most good people who are buying this type of gear are not the kind of people who are going to take advantage. And I think it's amazing that you're willing to put your, your name on it like that. And, and thank you for, for doing that. It's, it's a great no, man. policy. Well, I, I appreciate it because it's, to me, it's people are putting, it's my way of saying thank you again to people who are putting their faith and their support in my business and their faith in my product to save somebody's life. And that guy was, when I told him, he said, dude, all I used was a cat. All I used was a tourniquet. 
And I was like, well, I'm still going to send you one. He's like, no, man. He said, he said, save it for somebody else. He said, I'm not going to take it away from your business. I said, dude, you're not taking away from my business. You're the reason <laughs> right. I have a business. Yeah, the I'm review, kidding. the review is worth, you know, is worth it too. You know, you, he, he comes out, he tells you he, he saved somebody's life and you know, all you're doing is replacing what he used. It's, it's a great idea. Oh, man, I mean, I appreciate it, man. It's just the, that's just the least I can do because if somebody can walk around with another birthday because of something or an idea, a redneck from route Two seminary, Mississippi had, then, <laughs> then, you know, that's, that's my way of just passing it, paying it forward, you know? And that's what it's all about, right? We're all in this together. And like, that's one thing about this community that's amazing is the, the gun community and, 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 you know, a lot of times they get a bad rep, especially in the mainstream media and stuff, but and there are there I've met some jerks, most of them online, believe it or not. It's not usually in person. But when you're in person, you go to a gun range, you go, they are some of the nicest people. And I and I'm gonna tell a quick story. Uh Keith knows that I have a love-hate relationship with shooting trap. He loves it. I I hate it. <laughs> um, but I've been trying to get into it more. And I was talking like I, I went and you know, I'm certainly not good at it. And I was talking to some of the guys there that were giving me pointers, they were helping me, and I said, It's really amazing. That the people like nobody made fun of me. Nobody like they were genuinely wanted to see me do better. And yeah. when I did better, nobody was happier than those guys that were absolutely. Me, they're, you know? they're your biggest cheerleaders, man. That was yeah. one of the things I, I just did the master rifle instructor class. I did I, I did a. It's not really a research. I've been a master firearms instructor up there at Sig, but I haven't done it in several years. And I'm like, hey, I want to get some of the new new standards that we we're teaching. You know, make sure I'm current on everything. And I was up there teaching, doing this class, not teaching. I was taking it as a student. It was great to be a student. And I'm sitting there shooting next to dudes from DevGrew and, and you know, all other backgrounds. And, man, it was so awesome to see the the cheerleading and the coaching going on in between all these dudes um, and our guys, our instructors. Uh, and at the end of the day, everybody's like, hey, good job, everybody, you know, and. It's it's great to see that you know, like you said, the big cheerleader thing because yeah, there are people do get bad raps, but you know that's that's in any 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 sector sector of our it's a it's life. a great community it's a it great really community is. and the the keyboard warriors kind of give us a bad name but I don't even include them there that's why they're behind I mean, a keyboard it, ha- it happens every it happens on every any any side of any argument one hundred percent and I and any of that comes up on my page I don't like negativity man they get banned and blocked. I get banned. I don't even, I don't even engage people like that. I'm not going to waste my energy and waste my positivity on somebody who's going to be chronically negative. Carrie, I, I, I just, I just don't, I'm not on any social media. I'm on nothing. It's (laughs) like, it's the best thing ever. I, uh, anonymity is, is underrated. God bless you, man. I, you know, for, to, for our business. I, and I get that. I, there are, there are days I'm like, man, If I didn't have a business, well, you just gotta. Hopefully, you get big enough where you can hire somebody else to deal with that, so you don't have to read that crap. Deal with the yeah, headaches for, for the most part, yeah. And I just don't even read negativity. If I see negativity, yeah, that's I just, true. I just ignore it. You know, that's the best thing to do is just don't say anything. I'm not gonna lie. I, I live a little vicariously through my wife every once in a while. I'm like, let me just take a peek at Facebook for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you you have a little rendezvous with uh, a little rendezvous, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, and I, I gotta get out of here quick. All right, so Carrie, I, I wanna I wanna get back on track here because I do want to talk about your courses, if you don't yeah, mind. So uh a while back, I actually looked at trying to host one of your courses in the area and I just couldn't get enough people, which is part of we talked about that earlier in the show. Yeah. Um, but uh because I was hoping to get it out into this area. <clears throat> but and I've looked at it online and I and I know it's very extensive. How many days is your course? Uh it's two full days. Two very, very full days. 
I, you could you could use up probably you know the whole show talking about it, but give us a, a synopsis of what it's what it entails, um, and then like I said, it is quite extensive. Is it difficult for people to digest and remember it all? Because I feel like I would if I took it, I would leave like whoa, I don't know how I'm gonna remember all this stuff. So, uh, kind of a brief synopsis, and then sure, are people able to digest it and how? All right. Yeah. hundred percent, man. So brief synopsis, thousand foot or 50,000 foot readers digest cliff notes version. You come into a class and you don't know anything about the human body, how it works, how to treat injuries. So what we do is we start off with a crawl, walk, run approach. I give you the very large overview of the systems that we're going to be concentrating on the injuries that are affecting the, and then we move into once you understand how they work, then you move into the injuries that affect those systems and how to or how to treat injuries to those systems. And then we work more into various specific injuries uh, uh, systemically. Uh, and then we work in environmental injuries. We talk about um, patient movement, triage, uh, medical kit selection, things like that. And so we work, we do a full class. And, and, and by the end of the uh, second day, you're doing a full-on trauma assessment. So we kind of put the you know, where the rubber meets the road to see if you've retained any of that stuff. And people are actually very surprised. So to answer your second part, yes, it is very easily digestible the way we have it laid out. Are people, how do you help people visualize what they're going to be dealing with? How do we help them visualize? Uh, well, they like, you know, I mean, there's like, uh, we're talking trauma. There's like blood everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> by the end of the second, by the end of the second day, they've seen enough videos and slides that they have no problem visualizing okay. those injuries at Got all. It. And that's, and that's one of the things we try to do is give them a little stress inoculation there with those slides. And I know some people, you know, they go, holy crap, that's horrible. I'm like, yeah, it's going to be worse when you see it in real life. Uh, yeah. So at least yeah. you're seeing it now and, and you'll learn how to react to it versus vapor locking when you see it in real life. Yeah. You got to like, look at it. Like it's like the human body is like a, a mechanical machine. You, like, you do. And you have to, and, and not to, not to, not to diminish a person, uh, no, no. or humanity, but you have to look at it as an injury. You can't look at it as a person. You kind of have to dehumanize it for a second right. and say, this is injury is what I'm treating. And the person right. as a whole is going to be an after effect of me treating this injury successfully. You're compartmentalizing. So in other words, if the injuries to the leg, you're just dealing with a leg. You're 100%. not dealing with a person. You're dealing with a leg. That's, that's what you're handling. Absolutely. Yeah. Your, your course, I wouldn't have tried to get it out in this area if I didn't think it was a good course, right? And I wouldn't have you on the show either. I, I, I think it's tremendous. But um, we, we've talked about this sort of idea of balancing what your training is and how much it costs and, and sort of where you allocate your resources. So let's say that someone can't, they can't get to you. They can't afford the course. Two days is too much to, you know, to take off, let's say. Um, what could they do in the meantime? And the reason I asked is what I did personally is I knew I wanted to get something. So I went and I took the Stop the Bleed course, which was free, mm -hmm. which was amazing. Mm -hmm. And I have not yet, but my thought process was like Stop the Bleed, CPR, basic first aid. And I felt like that that would give me like a little bit of a foundation. And then if I ever took a course like yours, I would be that much better for it. But can you give us some, I know you mentioned some online resources, but what what is your take on this? Like, Is Stop the Bleed good? Is CPR something we should be taking? You're hitting the nail right on the head. That's exactly what I recommend to my students. 
uh, are to people who are potential students. Uh, if they don't have the time or the, or the resources uh, financially or otherwise to do that uh, is to take the Stop the Bleed. However, I will say this, I've heard uh, some people say it depends on who the instructors are for the Stop the Bleed. Um, there, has, there has been some misinformation given out in various courses. So take everything, you know, and, and digest it. And if it sounds not right, if it sounds off, then, then talk to them about it and then get other, talk to other people who teach it, teach it for a living or, you know, or teach other course, medical courses like that for a living and get some, some confirmation. But yeah, the, the stop the bleed CPR, AED first aid, those are great courses. Uh, wilderness first responders, also another good one to, to go to. And then we have online training that we do that, that, that gentleman who saved his buddy's life, he was able to watch the videos, uh, and on tourniquets and wound packing and uh, chest seals, things like that, and was able to help his buddy out. And then, um, like I said, my buddy Caleb Causey, he's at a company called Lone Star Medics. Uh, he owns a company, Lone Star Medics, and he has a lot of good online resources with tactical medical solutions. They make the soft T-wide tourniquet. Excuse me, and it's uh, TACMED University uh, is what I believe is the name of the, their online resources. So those are those are just some good resources you can find, you know, or go to the manufacturer's YouTube channels. Most of these major med medical manufacturers or medical component manufacturers have their own YouTube channels with, That's tut interesting. with tutorial videos on how to use the products. So I did not know that. Yeah. Like, like Persis, uh, performance systems, the people that make the Izzy or the emergency bandage, they have their own channel, uh, 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 Halo chest seals, uh, the cat tourniquet, softy wides, all those guys have their own, their own resources. So those are also invaluable, uh, resources to go to. So there's a wealth of information out there. People can get spun up on this stuff. Uh, you know, Z Medica before they even go to a class. Got it. So now you mentioned earlier that you <clears throat> are an instructor at the SIG Academy. Um, what are some of the courses you teach there? Uh, well, let me see. I, I teach bullets and bandages, uh, and bullets and bandages too. Uh, I've taught, let me see, last fall I was up, uh, went out to South Dakota, taught our arm, M4 armors class, uh, advanced rifle, uh, pistol skill builder, rifle skill builder, different, different classes, basically what they, whatever they say, you know, what they need me to teach. So, wow. Yeah. So you're, yeah. you're busy. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's, it's busy. So with that said, so you, you teach the medical side, you teach the, you have, you know, somewhat of a firearm side. Um, we were talking about this in our last episode, again, that balance of time and money. And how do you recommend people blend firearms training with medical training? Like what, is there a percentage you would say if you're going to do, is it 50, 50, is it, you know, I, I, I would, well, 50, 50, if you can, at least uh, 60, 40, uh, because I ask guys in my class, I'm like, Hey, how many of y'all dry fire your guns? You know, all the hands go up and I'm like, okay, how many of y'all dry fire a tourniquet? It's <laughs> Great like question. Crickets. It's just crickets, you know? And I'm like, okay, so does, you does testing one on a lolly gallum in the in a column in the basement count? <laughs> we'll tell you that story. We'll, we'll tell you that story after the show. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> and I tell them, I mean, look, man, you're more liable to use your tourniquet or your med kit than you ever will your gun, you know? And definitely. And, and what are you spending more of your training on what are you spending more of your training budget on you know it's cool to have that you know thirty five hundred dollar um rifle set up with all the fancy bells and whistles but are you ever 
going to really have a chance to use that to defend yourself. Possibly, but what are you more liable to use that that hundred and eighty dollar med kit in your center console when a car accident happens, or that or that sweet rifle that you bought? So that's kind of I lay it out in you know realistic standards like that to people. So I would say you know do as much as you can, as much as your budget will allow, you know, or at least set aside a certain amount for budget. Like a lot of people plan their training calendars out for the year. And I think that's pretty cool. And they're like, okay, I'm taking at least one med class this year. Yeah. We had a company on uh, earlier on in the, when we started the show and they create some medical supplies and, um, Keith and I, I, I took the stop the bleed. Like I had said, I, in my, in past years I've taken CPR and stuff, but Keith really, it wasn't really on Keith's radar. And we sort of made a commitment to yeah, we, we him and I made a commitment to try this year to take some medical training, and of course, the world went upside down, and it's been a lot right. harder. But that that promise is still something that we talk about. And and we we've we've gotten a chance to talk about it a, a couple times now, Carrie. And and it's honestly like every time I hear it, and, and and again talking with you tonight, it's really a humbling perspective. It's really a perspective that makes you know when you when you talk about it with the passion you talk about it, it really makes me feel like I got to get my butt out of the chair and go get some training dude you do you do man i mean it's it's and it's i'm not saying that to shame you or anything like that no 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 i don't take it that way at all I, i want people to i want people to understand the gravity of the situation man i mean ems in an urban environment still takes a long time can take a long time to get somebody on scene a lot of if you're not sitting there putting tourniquets on people or stop and stopping that bleed by the time they get there they're circling the drain man I mean, you think about this, you have literally about 120 seconds of free bleeding before you're in uh, a bad, 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 bad place. Well, let, let me put it in perspective. Let me put it in perspective. Probably in terms of the most powerful things you could do in your life, one of them is to take a life and the other is to save a life. So sure. we train on guns. And unfortunately, if you're training on guns for self-defense, that's because at some point in a self-defense situation, you may have to take a life, which is a horrible thing, but Correct. it's very powerful. So you, so if you're going to do that with some seriousness of purpose, then learning how to save a life and, and help a life is yeah. equally important. Because you might end up having to save the life you try to take. And, and, yeah. And, and the worst thing in the world is what I tell people and people like, I'm like, Hey, this class is 16 hours, literally. But regret, that crap lasts forever, man. And you're you're stuck with that. You gotta live with those with those decisions that you've made. Uh, and no matter what yeah. you're doing, uh, with those consequences of your of your actions or inactions. And the worst thing in the world would be sitting there watching somebody bleed to death and you don't know how to take take care of it or don't have the equipment to take care of it. And and responsibility to those actions is what we try to talk about as much as possible right. on this show. We like to have fun, we like to goof around on here, but at the same time we try to like yeah. I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be a killjoy, you know what I mean? But it's, it's no, we don't take it that way. We'll, we'll yeah. get back to some like, yeah. you know, at some point, actually probably yeah. next part will be fun. Yeah. It's, it's a huge responsibility. I, I tell people and don't take it lightly because, uh, you know, it literally things happen at the speed of life, uh, in a, yeah. in a traumatic injury situation and you've got to act quick. You've got to act fat. You got to act decisively and effectively. Uh, and, you're not going to be, be a responsible human being about this be kind an, of stuff. Be an asset, man. Be an asset. asset. That's all it yeah. is. Be an I asset, like not a liability, man. That's all it is. I like so, that. Kerry, where um, where can people find you online? If people are looking to take a course or they want your resources, give us some uh, your social media. Give us your websites. Where can people find you? Yeah, man. Um, if they go to www.darkangelmedical.com, 
that's where our website is. We've got our training calendar under there. We've got our products under there. We sell, you know, the, uh, the best trauma kits in the market. Uh, <laughs> we, and we also sell components, things like that for people who want to kind of roll their own, which is cool. And then, uh, you can check us out on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we post, uh, uh, stories we post products new product launches things like that up there uh, all the time and so we're that's that's we're we're trying to trying to expand our reach a youtube channel so i didn't think about that we have a youtube channel so you can check videos out on our youtube channel we have a lot of, i talk a lot about mindset stuff uh you know about you can have the best training you can have the best kit uh, no matter what it is but if you don't have the right mindset then uh, you're ineffective so great well um yeah. If you're out there listening, I will have all that stuff in the show notes. There'll be links to um, all of those uh, social medias and websites. So if you're looking to find Kerry and his company, just head um, into the show notes and we'll have that ready for everybody. Um, So Kerry, we have a little tradition on the show. Sure. We like to play a little game called Run and Gun. And we were hoping you would play with us today. And Run and Gun is a fast-paced 10 question uh, where we expect you to give a quick response. And we're going to see how fast you can run through it. Unless I interrupt because your answer is so funny, I have to ask a question. (laughs) Oh boy! Okay. All right, you down with that? Let's let's uh, like four flat tires, man. Let's do it. (laughs) All right, here we go. Number one, what is your favorite gun in your personal collection? My favorite gun in my personal collection is my Colt nineteen eleven, made in nineteen twelve. Ooh, nice. What gun would you buy if money was no object? Uh, if money was no object, uh, Dylan M134D. If you could have a drink with one person living or dead, who would it be? My dad. Favorite caliber. Favorite caliber. Uh, nine millimeter. <laughs> Favorite hobby, not gun related. Uh, reading. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Flight. All hell breaks loose. Is it better to be armed or trained? Trained. I knew that was going to be your answer. <laughs> is it better to be loved or feared? Loved. Rifle, pistol, or shotgun? All of the above. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> rifle. You're in the worst scenario imaginable. Who do you want to have your back other than your spouse? Um, my buddy, John. Nice job. Made it. Thanks, man. <laughs> tires, are, tires are back inflated. Hey, good, good. <laughs> Let's mix it up. All right, so today on Let's Mix It Up, we are going to talk about building effective medical kits. So we figured we have you on the show and we figured we would change gears and go to a more practical approach here. Um, so Keith and I are going to kind of put you, give you a couple of scenarios. Um, and then we'd like to kind of know what you recommend in those kits based on the scenario. Okay. So I'm going to start. Um, so my scenario, and it's, it's an actual scenario that I have is I've been building a super minimalist it's a very small um plate plate carrier okay okay it it really only covers the vitals i mean like it's super super minimal it only covers um, the vitals of mike size yes i'm a, i'm not a big guy so i i would be like a pocket doc if i was in medical okay cool <laughs> well, i was gonna say how, how big are you how big a boy are you i'm about 160 pounds so okay okay so yeah and i'm about two so. and a half of mike no, no. <laughs> <laughs> which is why they call you big keith that's right all right. So anyway, so I, I have this minimalist play carrier and I I can get only fit so much stuff on it. So I bought a very small med pouch um, and it's about 
it's really the size of a tourniquet pouch. So it's two and a half wide by five and a half tall. And there's a little bit of give. There's some stretch in it and whatnot. Okay. So in that situation, on a plate carrier, very minimal, what would I want to put in that? Do you have a uh, tourniquet already on your plate carrier? I have a tourniquet strapped to the plate carrier okay. itself. I would go with hyphen compact vented seals, a pair of them, uh, H&H mini compression bandage, a pair of nitrile gloves, and a roll of uh, vacuum sealed, uh, either you know quick clot, uh, combat gauze, or Kaido gauze XR Pro. Okay. So like you'd get rid of like an Israeli, an Israeli bandage would be out of there. Uh, well, Israeli, because you could, you could use the H and H mini compression bandage, uh, and still, and, and reduce your form factor, your footprint by quite a bit. And that would leave you room for the other, other items to stop to bleed and start to breathe in. Okay. Yeah. I mean, wow. that, that was essentially, don't that argue was with what, the man, Mike. Yeah, no, essentially yeah. that's what I, I was thinking yeah. in that kit. Um, I was actually on the fence with the, um, the gauze. I, I knew yeah. that I would want the combat gauze, but I wasn't sure about the compression gauze. Yeah, and don't get black gloves. Get get uh, a lighter color glove because you can't see blood when you're doing a blood sweep really well at nighttime or low light situations with black gloves. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. All right. So that that is the minimalist build. So if you're out there and you're looking for something super super compact, that is the recommendation. Keith, you're next. Well, we all know by now that I my daily driver is a sweet 1995 Cadillac Fleetwood. So I have enough room in my trunk to fit an ambulance. So what should I put in there? Uh, you could throw in one of our hard cases um, and or one of our St. Mike bags. That's a multi multi casualty type bag. And we're also coming out with another multi casualty bag here before long. It's more of an active shooter type bag, but uh, so what's in those, Carrie? What like what's uh, what's in those bigger bags? Okay, so let's say the hard case right here. So it's, uh, I've got one right in front of me. Uh, excuse me, that I have here at the house. It's a it's a floatable high uh, red high vis case, watertight, airtight. Uh, in the in the bottom portion of it, we got our first aid components. So we got like burn gel, gauze, ace wrap, bandages. Uh, mylar blankets, uh, other gauze pads, a sling. Uh, you could throw a SAM splint in there if you wanted to, some trauma shears, some surgical tape, uh, a couple pairs of gloves. And in the top portion of it, we've got what we call a trauma module. And that's got a tourniquet, uh, quick clot, uh, compressed gauze, mini compression bandage gloves, vented chest seals, and another another tourniquet. So it sounds, so Carrie, when you're talking uh, unlimited space, or we're talking like a car or you know something like that, it sounds to me like you want to have everything you mentioned in the minimalist, but you want to, you could have multiples, right? So if you have multiple casualties, but on top of that, you could add things that would aid you in more general first aid. So Correct. we always joke, but like more like the boo-boo kit. Like, yeah. 100% yeah. dude. Yeah. It, like the St. Mike bag has all your first line trauma items on the front. So you got your izzies, you got your nasal airways, you got your combat gauze, you got your pressure bandages and on the backs and your tourniquets on the backside, you got your chest seals, but you open up, there's your gauze, your eyewash, your, your burn gel, your, uh, your splints, your ace wraps, all that kind of craps on the insides though, for your, gotcha. your, your less, less severe. Cause I want my first line stuff, my first line injuries, uh, treatment up front, you know, the, the, the stop the bleeding, start to start to breathe in type of injuries. And then the, the less severe injuries I can take care of inside. That makes sense. So now switching gears a little bit, um, what would the in-between be? So like, so now where I'm going with this is someone like I'm, I'm saying more like uh, maybe someone in law enforcement, right? So like uh, oh, okay. now they have a little more room, 
but they got the five eleven talking pants on with the cargo, you know, with the cargo. Yeah, pockets. not a giant pack, not the super minimalist, but like a, a general IFAC. You know, what would you recommend? Well, obviously, I'm going to recommend my direct action response kit. So, what's in those though? What's what's in that stuff? Okay, so in our dark, in our dark, pop one open here in our standard dark. Uh, we've got an Israeli bandage. Uh, we've got a roll, a full twelve-foot roll of combat gauze. We've got uh, a mylar blanket for hypothermia, you know, shock treatment. We've got twelve feet of compressed gauze. We've got a nasal airway, a pair of gloves, two chest seals, the halo chest seals, and a polycarbonate eye shield, and a tourniquet okay. and a pair of trauma shears. So okay. that's in a standard dark. So if you've got the room, then that's great. But at a bare minimum. The minimalist kit, like you and I talked about, that's what's in my ankle kit. I've got a tourniquet, yep. two chest seals, the hyphen compact vented chest seals, a pair of gloves, a H and H mini compression bandage, and a twelve foot roll of quick clot. Okay, um, so, so. W- what I'm I'm just I'm just kind of summarizing because we're we're throwing a lot out there, but <clears throat> it, it really sounds like when you're dealing with just trauma, you cut out a lot of stuff. When Absolutely. you're dealing with a large apparatus like a backpack or a, you know some kind of a med kit, that's where you can add the sort of smaller medical yeah. emergency stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 you have the room to allow for multiples for more traumatic stuff. But to be quite frank, you're probably going to end up with more of the stuff you'd need: ACE wrap and SAM splint or burn gel or you know band aids and and stuff like that. Uh, but that right. gives you the real estate. Uh, to put that in. All right. So now Keith has a a very special and unique situation and Keith, I'm going to let you take the mic. Well, thank you. I mean, we've, we've, we've talked about it a couple of times on, on the show. Um, Carrie, and you probably, I'm not sure if you listen to the show or not, but Mike and I belong to the same, same gun club. And we've, we've recognized since we've been talking about this, that there is not a trauma kit of any kind. There Mm -hmm. is boo boo only at, uh, at the range. And, you know, it, I, I, I'm guessing you're going to say if we can do, you know, the, the 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 big case like we talked about in the back of the car, you know, that would be what we would do. But how do we approach, you know, the, the most important things to get there, you know? And uh, I mean, obviously, we know we, we're, we, how to approach our board and, and go through that. But, you know, I, and selling the value. But what should we really have, you know, at least to get our the door open? Uh, well, one, they need to. I, I, they need the training. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to be a smart, bud. I'm not trying to be flip, but they need no. the training. Uh, but Mike and I don't Mike and I don't take it that way. We're, we're really serious about this. Like yeah, we, and, and, we want, we want to, we want to make it better. We want to so, get there. And so deadly it. serious. Ask them, ask them what their response is. If someone takes a penetrating injury and they have an arterial bleed and are bleeding out, what's their response? Ask them what their response is. And if it's all nine one one is my guess. Right. Yeah. It it is. With the no cell phone reception, with the no again, cell phone reception that's again, there, right? To which I say that if it's anything less than a, then we have a tourniquet or some other hemorrhagic control devices there, then they're they're setting themselves up. Play it from this, play it from this standpoint, because these gun clubs they 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 don't like this. They don't like what they don't like is liability. Yeah, and if you say, right. "Are you going to be responsible for?" something potentially bad happening, you know, even though people sign waivers, things like that. If you don't have that waivers meaningless, if you don't have all the necessary items in place, um, to, to take care of that situation, then that lie, then that liability waiver is not worth the papers written on. 
I mean, it should be a part, in my opinion, it should be part of a range officer's responsibility to be trained in that too. You know? 100%. Right. Uh, my buddy Jeff Gonzalez tried at Concepts that the range at Austin, where he is the training director, they have Dark Angel Medical high-vis orange dart kits at strategic locations along the range. Every one of his range staff has been through my class. Yeah, that's that the way. Is, that's being proactive. So I just want to <clears throat> I want to wrap up this segment, but um, – I, I want to kind of end it with saying that first off, I've I've been on your website. Like the kits are are very nicely done, you know. But um, yeah. So if anyone out there is looking for a kind of a kit that's already done, they do a nice job. But um, what would the what would your recommendation be for where you should have one or where you should have kits? So like, I would think you'd want one in your house, right. one in your car. You know, where, where else, like where, where are the places okay. you would stage uh, that, And that's great. I bring that up in every class I, I teach. Uh, where do you have fire extinguishers in your house? Does everyone in your house know where your fire extinguishers are? How many do you have? What levels do you have them on? I, and if they, if they do, if you have multiple fire extinguishers, I say put a trauma kit beside each fire extinguisher in your house. Because if people know that's the location to run to when there's a fire, if something traumatic happens, have one there as well, you know, because kitchen, garage, utility room, basement, outside bedrooms, whatever. Uh, that's a recommendation I have. Uh, for your vehicles, you know, we make the, the visor mounted kits. We make headrest mounted kits. Uh, those are easy mounting options right there. Um, on a boat, you can have one of those hard cases because it floats. So uh, multiple different mounting options and, and, and options to have kits on your person. In- and Probably a go kit is a good idea too. Like I was actually thinking Keith and I recently went in on a, we bought a chainsaw and we were out using the chainsaw and I'm thinking, man, if yep. I slice myself right now, right. there'd be no way to stop the bleeding, you know? So like a go yeah, kit would I've, be a good I've idea I've almost too. sliced my finger off. Remember with that when I was trimming the hedges, I, I had like a, took a chunk yeah. off. Yeah. Very true. And my, I had a cousin that the chainsaw kicked back. He was a mile away from his truck. Uh, uh, or half mile away from his truck and laid his leg open, you know, and he used a bandana and a stick you know, as a makeshift tourniquet, thankfully it worked, but yeah, uh-huh. it, it, there's so many different ways, but the, and that's the reason I make so many different types of kits. And, you know, if people send us an email to the info at dark angel medical email address or whatever, we'll, our chat, we have a chat page, our chat uh, box on our site. If they have questions, Hey, I'm doing this. What kit would you recommend? Because every, you know, that's the reason I make so many kits is because it's not a one size fits all, um, solution. Uh, it's basically what's best for your mission requirements. You know, that's a good, you know, yeah, that's, that's a good way to look what's at your it, mission so. and the kind of the mission drives the kit. You know what I mean? And so whatever your mission is, that's what kit I would recommend for that particular situation. Well, I think it's time for the boys to sit around and shoot the shit. All right. So on shooting the shit today, we are going to talk about brand loyalty. And what I mean by that is why do people grow attached to companies and those particular companies' products, and are people loyal to a fault? So I'm going to start off with, we're going to go non-gun related here um, to start, um, and I'm going to talk about someone I know who is a Coca-Cola fanatic. And and what I mean by that is if he goes to a restaurant and they, he says, I'll take a Coke, and they say, oh, uh, will Pepsi do? He says, no, Neither. he will not drink a Pepsi. Um, I, I like Coke myself, you know, oddly enough, but um, I just like the, the flavor better. I don't drink enough. He soda loves Coke. Yeah. I mean, he loves Coke no. products. My wife he and her same way. Ask him if they want Monopoly money. They said, "You want Pepsi?" I said, "You want Monopoly money?" That ain't a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, you know, and I'm sure we all have like those brands that we're loyal to, but like, what do you guys think? Like, is there a reason? And, and this is in the gun community too, but like, is there a reason why people get so stuck? Yeah, like, I Keith, mean, you're a car guy. I'm a Ford guy. And you're a Ford guy. Yeah, you're a Ford guy, First right? on race day, baby. <laughs> why is that? What is it about you know, Ford? I don't know. Uh, I grew up and um, I definitely think it's a lot of these things are just probably influences that, that have, that have happened around you. You know, for me, I, 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 uh, I grew up working with my dad on cars and it just seemed like, I guess he always had Fords around and a lot of my family had Fords around and, and there were different things along the, along the way as time came on. But, uh, the, the Mustang was just growing up. That was just like, to me, it was a cool looking car and, um, it just kind of continued to develop. And, uh, would you own a car that's not like in other words, if a Chevy came out with a really? I do, I do. I, I, I my my daily driver's a Cadillac. Um, you know that that had meaning. You know, has meaning to me. If I buy myself a, the only brand new cars I've ever bought are Fords. I, I used cars, I'll, I'll buy whatever I get a good deal on. But, but gotcha. brand new cars, they've they've all been Fords. What about you, Carrie? Is there is there a company or a product that you're like super loyal to besides Coke? Don't go with Coke. Heinz ketchup, Hellman's mayonnaise. Yeah, uh, Duke's mayonnaise, man. Duke's mayonnaise is a Duke's dude, dude. It's a Southern thing, man. <laughs> Duke's mayonnaise. You got to no. go that Mason Dixon line, man. So, <laughs> I was gonna say I uh, never heard of it. <laughs> no, Duke's mayonnaise. Uh, it's 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 what I, I grew. Well, up. I'm sorry, I mentioned Hellman's. <laughs> no, man. Uh, no, but I mean, again, that's your that's your thing. If that's what you dig, it's like some people like Bumblebee tuna, some people like Starkist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, some of it's marketing too, right? Like it's got to be a little bit of that. And I grew up with it. And I think for me, it one, it, it's delicious. But two, it's what my grandma had. You know, yeah. I remember that. And I think a lot of our, like Keith was saying, it's it's sentimental. There's a lot of nostalgia. Not a lot of nostalgia. Yeah. A lot of nostalgia associated with that. And it brings back good memories, you know, yeah. and it brings yep. back good memories. And I remember, you know picnics or you know sunday dinner or something like that and there's the duke's mayonnaise in the fridge or on a table or whatever making sandwiches and things like that and that's just that's one of my things so the, duke's mayonnaise. those are those are probably the strongest connections those mm-hmm. emotional ones you know but I then you got the ones that are like won't uh, android or apple like you gotta have apple you gotta have android yeah. you know and I, and I think a lot of that's like like y'all were saying it's, it's marketing based who's got the best marketing and 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 also uh another thing that drives brand loyalty is customer service experience that's true too i, I think that's a I huge that. that is a huge huge aspect of brand loyalty is how are customers treated if you treat i treat people like like i want to be treated i use the golden rule man my daddy was a baptist preacher so i use the golden rule and it's it served me well and i talk to people i try to be personal personable to them and if they're frustrated i try to i try to diffuse the situation and smooth it over and leave them feeling better than they did when yep. they came in. It's know? a great, it's a great philosophy to have. And like you, you'd mentioned the nostalgia and I had this weird one. It actually came up recently when I was a kid, I had to be only like three or four years old. You know, the candies are called chuckles. They come in a little pack yep. with different colors, right? My the father hard, drove like hard, hard candies, right? Yes. My father drove an orange international harvester scout. And yeah, you know, we're talking like, this was probably like the like late seventies. And I was in the front seat, like no car seat, I don't think. Like I'm sure like you know, things were just different. And I just vividly remember him coming out of a gas station. He left, left me in the car at the gas station. Like times were just different. Yeah. And 
he came out and he got in the car and he had this pack of chuckles and he busted it open and he like handed me, he's like, here, you get the green sun and I get the red. And then like, you know, you get the yellow and I get the R and I've it one time. That was the only time he ever did it. And now whenever I'm in a gas station with my son, guess what I pick up? It's just like, it's a thing that stuck with me and it's just, it's a cool thing, you know, but what about guns? You know, like, I mean, you have your Glock guys, you have your like, like Carrie, I mean, you're, you work for SIG. I mean, anything to that? Is it just the performance? Is it nostalgia? What's the deal with that? Honestly, man, I've, I've got guns from almost every major manufacturer and I just like, and it's like my old boss, Adam Payne show said, he's like, we just like good guns. We just, we like good guns, good quality. And I, and I'm not, I mean, I, yeah, I love my SIGs. Don't get me wrong. Like my, my first, my first wonder nine was a a police trade in West German SIG 226, you know? So that was my first experience when I was a, a young guy, um, with them. But, you know, and then I got a Beretta before my son was born, before I joined the military even. And so, um, yeah, I that's think- the way to be. That's the way to be, Carrie, you know, because that's where the to the fault part comes in. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of guys that are like that are like clock, 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 you know, and yeah, I, I've, yeah. Dude, I've seen I've seen and I will say this. I've seen every major manufacturer gun that's been in my classes. I've seen in all the years I've been doing this, I've seen them take a crap. It's a machine, dude. It's made by yeah. people. We're yeah. not we're not infallible. And so it's- I, I sold car, I've sold car parts for many years of my life. And, and I probably am a Ford guy to a fault. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've sold car parts for every make and model out there. They all, they all break down. I don't care what anybody says. Right. And, you know, I think, I think that's where the fault part comes in. And, and, you know, the, the way that you're talking about being is just, we like good guns or we like good cars yeah. or we like good yeah. products. Yeah. That's, that's really what the reality is. I rag, I rag on Glock a lot. Um, and for me, Glock, I, I always use this, this uh, example, but like when I was growing up, the Honda Civics were like the tuner cars. And I was kind of like, like, screw the Honda Civic. Like, I, like there's got to be other good cars. Like, I, wanna, I don't want to hear about the Honda Civic. Everyone has one. And to right. me, Glocks are like the Honda Civic of guns. Like, it, like <laughs> they're, they're the only reliable guns if you talk to a Glock guy. They're the only ones. But for me, and, I'm, and I joke, I really think Glocks are a phenomenal firearm. And I, oh, I would recommend them to any new gun owner, right? But 100%. I... I, um, what I don't like about Glock is they just don't move the needle for me. What I mean by that is like, I, they're just, they look like a brick and they they're, they're, they have no, I don't look at them and go like, that's a beautiful gun. And I'm buying something, spending my money. I want to really like it. I want to like yeah. the way it looks. I want to like the way it shoots, the way it You're handles. sensitive about how your gun looks. <laughs> I am. I am. If you want to, and that's what I tell people, if you want a good utilitarian gun, um, I mean, aesthetically, it's it's not a pretty gun. Let's let's be honest, you know. Uh, but uh, it, utilitarian wise, it's got a great track record. It does. It, it is a super reliable, super accurate, super durable uh, firearm. But I mean, you know, there's there's loyalty, then there's blind loyalty. I mean, you can't overlook yeah. some of the faults that these these things have, um, uh, and are some of the problems that. The Ford Pinto was a great car, Carrie. Yeah, <laughs> unless you get hit behind. Um, <laughs> then then fireworks. Carry. Yeah, but it, it's like every major manufacturer, uh, you know, at some point in time has had issues with with their guns, and they've had they've had problems, and that's little hiccups and things like that. Uh, but again, it all goes back to that customer experience too. How yep. how have they been treated? Because let's look at, uh, and I'm going to call them out by name. Look at H and K. You know, what's been the big, the big thing in the gun community, great guns, 
abysmal customer service. Right. You know, that's been, that's been the thing over the last few years. And I, and I they're probably trying, growing too fast. To make it and the, the SIG P365, SIG did, a, I think personally, they did a great job recognizing that the first batch had some, some issues with the striker. Yeah. I just right. heard an interview from, and, and they, they rectify the situation and there's people who, I think they've kind of turned the corner on that, but for yeah. a while, like people were bashing them so bad and it's like, wait a minute, but they fixed the situation. Yeah, they made it right. Just like with the P320, same thing happened with that, you know, and I'm not speaking out of turn. I'm just saying that was, they, they, they made their best effort to do the right thing uh, and to rectify the situation and build, keep that good customer service up. And, and I'll tell you what, right now, man, I shot my, I've shot my 320. I've got, I've got several personal 320s and those things are freaking absolute tack drivers. They're monsters. I love them. That's awesome. Uh, so that's that's probably my favorite gun right now is the is the is my handgun is my P320 because it's like it's it's so modular. Yeah my my so, next my Mike, next you, my next did you gun have one of those? Oh yeah. That's no what I was no my my next gun my next gun is going to be the P365. I've just been I've I've been just saving money for it, but I'm that's that's going to be my next. Gun. I just I just put my fire control module into a 365XL grip module that I got when I was teaching up the academy last week. I'm looking testing that out but you know i mean but if you talk about a gun if if like the world came to an end type of thing i grab a glock 19 dude yeah because there's parts for it everywhere it's like the kalashnikov of handguns yes it is yes it is the problem i have with glock the problem i have with them is they built a great gun and they've just they just keep making that same gun like they there's no change there's no which i guess if it's i guess it's not broke right portion does that I get it. Bad, I get it. Man. Change is bad. No, yeah. I, I hear you. Yeah. And it's like what, you know, and, and people want to get excited about something, you know, well, let's put it this way. They make a great gun, but yep. let's be honest. The P365 is way more innovative than any Glock in yeah. that same size. Well, I mean, right? Who so, sells more? Who sells more Glock or, or SIG? Uh, I honestly don't know. I know we sell more to the military uh, mm. because we got the M17, M18 contract. Uh, right, right. But uh, I will say this: the the P three sixty five, the way they engineered that, they you know they basically built the gun around the magazine design. Yes, I've heard, I've heard that first, and then they built the gun around the magazine, and that's and that's my point is that that's innovation. So it's one thing to build a a great um, tool, but when other companies start to out engineer you and come up with yeah. better concepts, I think you need to look at, Hey, we need to stop resting on our laurels and yeah. we need to, 100%. You, know. you know, don't rest on your lane, your name and your reputation alone. The products are, are right. as the proof is in the pudding. And that, you know, that as the, the recoil impulse on that thing, the, the low bore axis, the, the, uh, the accuracy, the trigger, Holy crap. The trigger on that thing is phenomenal, man. It's, right. that's, it's one of the best out of the box, uh, micro compact triggers, you know, I've ever had, I've got a car, uh, CM nine that I carried a long time before they came out with that. That's uh, 365. And that's a great gun. Accurate as all hell, but the trigger is like a Smith and Wesson model 36 snubby, <laughs> you know, super long. All right. So I have, to, I have to end this segment because I think there's a bunch of Glock people who are really going to come after me. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, they're going to come at you with like pitchforks and torches, man. Yeah. Like I'm really scared of Glock guys. They're very passionate. So, yeah, but, but I, I think, I think the point is 
brand loyalty is a great thing. We all have it. Um, but let's not be blind by that brand loyalty and let's let's hold these companies accountable to their customer service 100%. and to the products that they create. So and keep an open mind. Keep exactly. Open. So uh Carrie, I wanna I want to thank you very much. Um, I mean, I knew you were going to be uh, a phenomenal uh, guest. I knew you were going to be able to give us a lot of information on a topic that Keith and I have really been trying to uh, add to this conversation of the gun. Learn experiment. about, learn about, yeah, because right? it, like I said, it, you know, the gun is important, but there's all these tools that go along with it. So if if there's listeners out there going, "Hey, I thought this was a gun show. Why are we talking about medical supplies?" Because you should be training medical wow. care along with your guns. Absolutely, that's why. So, Carrie, I want to give you one more chance, one more chance to plug uh, where you guys are at. What's the website? The website is darkangelmedical.com. And right now, uh, you can save 20% on our products by using coupon code SUMMER20. And if you want a kit for your vehicle, our visors are 20%, $20 off normal price, plus an additional 20% off. So that's a screaming hot deal. Hot diggity dog. Got to get on there. On our visor wow. kits. Use coupon code SUMMER20. And you can't, it, man, uh, it, like my daddy used to say in church, if that don't light your fire, your wood's wet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, guys, go check them out. They're a great company. And, Two pearls uh, from Jim Carrey tonight. That and the, uh, uh, are you down with the four flat tires? I'm down like four flat tires. <laughs> I, I like them both. I'm going to use them. <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah, so go check them out. Um, you know, you guys are a great company and I appreciate what you guys are doing and, uh, it's awesome. And to everyone listening, we want to thank you again for taking time out of your day to listen to our show. You can find links in the show notes to all of our social media. So be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so we can keep the conversation going. 